0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Well, the latest rage in finance are SPACs, special purpose acquisition companies, firms designed to help another go public. It helps to companies go around the traditional IPO and the roadshow to raise funding. In these cases, the SPACs may already have that funding set up and is looking for the idea to attach to it for those We're still not really sure about what this is and how it has an impact on finance and investing. The Wharton School will be hosting a new LinkedIn Live event titled Understanding SPACs. Wharton finance professor Nick Rusinoff will be part of that discussion, and he joins us with a preview of the event. Nick, great to talk to you again. Hope you're doing well.
1: Hi, good morning, Dan. Thanks for having me here, and of course, I'm more than happy to talk about this event. Very exciting, very sort of a new uh, new thing for me.
0: It's obviously a very timely topic when you're talking about how the the want uh, of SPACs to kind of be in this marketplace has has really risen over the last, well, especially over the last year or so.
1: That's right. Absolutely, we saw an incredible boom. Of course, last year was uh, was was an extraordinary year in financial markets for for a variety of reasons. Uh, but one of them was that we saw this incredible boom in uh, new in new company listings, and the vast majority of them uh, have been in the form of these uh, of these SPACs, these special purpose acquisition companies they are really not companies themselves. They're they're funding vehicles, but they're raised uh, as you said. Uh, in order to uh, take uh, typically young uh, private companies public, and uh, again, we've seen an incredible boom in both the uh, SPAC listings, meaning the capital raising from investors, and uh, the growing uh, growing number of deals where uh, these SPACs do merge with a private company, uh, taking it uh, taking it public. And uh, as you said, a lot of investors are kind of puzzled by what what is this uh, phenomenon and and you can hear very, very different views. Uh, some people think it's a, it's a, it's a great thing and uh, great for companies and great for investors. Others are not so sure. And many commentators talk about kind of a bubble-type uh, uh, behavior that we observe in the, in the space. Of course, we see frothiness in a variety of financial markets uh, these days, especially uh, starting kind of late last year and, and now. And the question is, is this back boom uh, kind of a manifestation of uh, of this froth in the markets, or is it something that is potentially uh, more more sort of important as a potentially uh, kind of a staying feature of financial markets? And that's something that we will discuss tomorrow.
0: So, what has been what has been the main difference? Why we're seeing this want to use a SPAC instead of the traditional IPO as much?
1: Well, I think there's there are two things. One that SPAC uh, gives you is uh, is speed. Uh, it takes much less time for the company uh, to get its public listing and get the capital uh, when it's doing a deal with a SPAC, because the SPAC already has a pool of money raised from uh, investors, and then it brings the the kind of additional funding uh, from institutional investors in the form of so-called uh, pipes, private investment in public equity. Um, but because the SPAC already has the public listing, uh, sort of, it's it just about doing this deal between the company and the SPAC, uh, and and then once the deal is commenced, the, the company is public, and its shares are traded, and we're kind of everything that has to be accomplished as part of the IPO process. The IPO process itself is a bit more uh, we're a lengthy process from the standpoint of the company and maybe its uh, VC funders. It's, there's a book building process uh where investment bankers are much more heavily heavily involved and, and ultimately there's uncertainty about how much money you will be able to raise in the IPO. Uh whereas uh, again with the SPAC you know how much money this pack uh the SPAC has and really it's the discussion with the institutional investors about how much money they will contribute to the to the deal. That's issue number one. Number two, uh, and this is kind of the more controversial issue that is being discussed by regulators in particular is the fact that unlike uh in an IPO, uh in a SPAC deal, the company does not really have to provide uh, sort of solid uh, evidence of its if uh, it's projected profitability. It can just provide the projections that are in in a way non binding in, in any way. Uh right? and so that gives the companies that uh, uh are, are earlier stage in in terms of their development or pre revenue firms that might be capital hungry and might might have great ideas some of them uh, but gives them the opportunity to raise capital in a way that uh, a standard IPO would not allow them just because they don't have enough uh, to show for uh, at uh, at this
0: stage We're, and we are jo- well, we'll, go, we'll, ahead. go ahead nick yeah. i'm sorry
1: i don't know we'll we'll discuss a, Kind of the pros and cons of these two uh, of these two points. Whether whether both of them are really um, kind of there to stay. And as I said, regulators are, are, are worried about this projection, um, yeah. uh, the notion. Whether that's kind of okay for companies to go uh, to go public at this stage. And we'll see whether the regulators, uh, in fact, uh, uh, crack down on this going forward.
0: What makes, from a company's perspective, what makes. In your mind, the SPAC route the right choice? Well, I
1: think part of it, as I said, is the is the speed um, it gets you to the public listing faster, and uh, the, the other part of it is honestly the timing. Right now, uh, the markets are uh, buoyant. Uh, there is again lots of uh, lots of uh, uh, evidence of, uh, of high valuations. Maybe you know, a little bit of frost. That's something that companies. Uh, alike when they can raise money they like to raise money in, in markets where they can uh, get more for for their shares and I think a lot of the firms would like to take advantage of that and tap into this ample liquidity in the financial markets before it goes away either if the fed uh, you know starts raising rates if there's signs of inflation or any any sort of bout of uncertainty that could bring that fraud down so from the standpoint of uh, of firms that are looking to go public, this is a really good time to do it. Uh, and the IPO process, as I said, may be even too slow and too costly for many of these companies uh, to take advantage uh, of, uh, of the sample uh, market liquidity that we have uh, at the moment. You can, you can sort of think of it as being opportunistic, but again, if you are trying to fund, um, your uh, investment a lot of cases this is investment in innovative technologies potentially breakthrough technologies of the future these companies need a lot of capital the capital is available the question is how to put that capital in the hands of uh, of the company founders and uh, the SPAC route seems to be at the moment a very attractive route uh for many of them
0: do you expect that that there is no reason to believe that the interest in using the SPAC would wouldn't continue at the rate that it currently is or or even even at a higher rate in, in the months and years ahead. Well, uh, that
1: is something that we will debate uh, tomorrow and uh you know th- there's going to be three of us there, Joao Gomes our, our finance department chair will uh will moderate and my colleague Tamar Drexler and I will will, will debate this question. So I don't want to give uh, necessarily too uh <laughs> too strong of a uh of a preview uh at least of maybe of my view, but I think uh, there is a sense in which this kind of financial innovation, even though the, the whole idea of SPAC is not new, the, the, the financial innovation has some staying power. The question is, how uh, is the SPAC itself designed? There's some variation in terms of how much uh, of the sort of the share of the pie the different actors capture. And this is going to matter, I think, quite a bit, especially when the sort of the froth in the market uh, starts deflating. And the other issue that I mentioned also is, uh, is the regulators and how they look upon um, this issue of projections and whether that is something that is going to be uh, allowed to go forward. And if it's not, whether that is going to hurt um, the, uh, the SPAC ecosystem. So this is very much an open question. And, again, i looking forward to an exciting uh, debate and exchange that we will have uh, tomorrow. And, of course, the questions that we will get uh, from the, the LinkedIn audience um, and uh, yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully, it will be uh, informative for everyone.
0: Yeah, it, it obviously, as we said, it becomes an important time to, to do a discussion like this with kind of the activity that we've seen, and obviously in the scope of, of uh, connection with uh, consumers and people that have interest in this, uh, doing it via LinkedIn is a, uh, is, a, is a prime way to be able to connect with more and more people.
1: Absolutely, this is, as I said, a new platform for me. I mean, I've been on LinkedIn uh, uh, for a while, but never uh, really uh, kind of presented to the public through it. Uh, but I think it's a great way to reach a potentially much wider audience than we uh, than we normally do in our uh, uh, educational programs. Uh, uh, but it's also a more Potentially, in kind of uh, informative vehicle, than just you know, guys giving interviews uh, on TV, where it's kind of oftentimes reduced is reduced to the soundbite. Not not everybody is uh, you know, Wharton uh, Business Radio, of course, and uh, uh, <laughs> does not necessarily give us uh, the full uh, the full uh, flexibility of expounding our ideas and views. So, I think the LinkedIn Live is definitely a great way to go.
0: What's the the one or two things that that you think is is the most important for maybe someone who is not as up on the idea of the SPAC, uh, just so that they have a better understanding, really from a, a beginner's kind of mindset moving forward.
1: So as part of our session tomorrow, we will give a bit of an overview of how the SPACs work and what is the, kind of the. The mechanic, basic mechanics of it, and and what is the idea behind it before we can jump into uh, maybe debating the the pros and cons. So um, that is uh, uh, that is I think a good uh, good sort of starting uh, starting point. Um, there is no, as far as I know, kind of uh, yet as of yet well sort of uh, formulated, written up textbook treatment of specs because it is such a uh, such a new um, Concept we have featured uh, uh, in, in some of our executive education programs some coverage of you know, analysis of SPACs again itamar Drexler, in, in fact did this for uh, the Wharton on the market series that uh, I uh, hosted uh, a few months ago that you know we, we talked about this uh, when we were getting started on that um, but we're hoping to maybe for pro- eventually put out more materials that will be widely accessible uh, to the public as well.
0: Nick, greatly appreciate your time. Wish you all the best uh, with this event and uh, look forward to talking to you again in the near future. Thanks
1: a lot, Dan. It was great to be here as always. And i uh, yes. looking forward to the event and looking forward to, to being back on your show at some point in the future, as you said.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Nick. Nick Rusinoff, Wharton Finance Professor. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.